Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Big DK Energy Podcast. My name is Danny K, or the DK in the Big DK Energy. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to go into a cheesy intro because uh, today's guest is one of the most important people that I've met for the show. Today's guest actually is the owner of the company that printed our merch. So having done his undergrad at USF and UCF, graduating from UCF, the more important school, he is now the owner of ID It All, a printing company based out of Miami, Florida. And so I'm having this guest slash old colleague uh, here to talk about what he does and uh, how cool he is, which I know he is, so that's why I brought him on. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming today's guest, Mr. Devin Robbins. Hi, everyone. How's it going? How's it going, Devin? How's it going, DK? It's going fantastic, and this is a very different backdrop I'm used to. Yeah, I figured... You know, you're coming. Why not show you the thick of it? Why not show you what we do here every day? Absolutely. I mean, I definitely love the hats. I love the shirts. The stickers are definitely a popular one. So I just want to say thank you for helping us with that. It's my pleasure. It's what I do. And I want to keep you happy and keep your viewers happy and and give you cool shit at the end of the day. Yeah. And maybe someone watches this, they'll maybe get some printing from you. Well, you know, we do it all at ID at all. As cheesy as that is. (laughs) There we go. Hey, that's a good slogan you got there. So have you always wanted to go into print pressing or not? That's not the word I'm looking for, but you know. It's complicated. So when I was at school, so I I went to USF, like you said, for a a year and a half, and I got my degree in business administration and marketing. Once I hit my AA there and then decided to transfer to UCF, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I had a passion for graphic design, and I knew that I wanted to stick in the design realm of things, but I taught myself at least Illustrator and Photoshop rudimentarily early on. So I decided to change to web design at UCF. And I went through the web design courses, fell in love with that, and at the same time was doing freelance graphic design and photography. So I wanted to be in the creative um, area, but I did not necessarily want to come back and work for my family company. And my parents always knew I was going to end up here. So when I graduated, I was applying for corporate agency jobs, something else to kind of hone my skills, not necessarily in web design, but still something creative, graphic design and, and things like that, manage accounts and run campaigns for ad and PR agencies. So when I graduated, my parents were like, listen, you can do whatever you want, apply, but knowing if you do that, you're on your own and you have to deal with living on your own and all that. If you come to Miami, you're gonna have instant pay, you're gonna have you know a job, you're gonna have a life here. And if you decide you're not happy, then you can make the change. So I sat on it. I came home and started working with my family. The first six months, I hated it. My dad, rightfully so, and I I thank him for it every day, decided to stick me here in the actual warehouse. I had to learn how to operate every single machine in this warehouse. Not, Not well, but I could do it. Wait, every single one here? Including we have embroidery and a laser engraver. So oh, I, wow. I know how to, number one, operate a machine if it needs, fix a machine if it needs, at the same time run production, scheduling, management. Like I, he, he taught me the back end because a lot of people in the industry who do what I do, not in the printing industry, but the industry of you know doing sales and stuff like that, they don't know how production works. So because of that there's limitations on production and if they don't know how it works they don't know what's the best output so my dad gave me the skill set to learn limitations in production and things like that so going back to that the first six months i did not enjoy it at all i was here sweating doing manual labor and this is not what i wanted to do but after six months he then shifted me into where i am now and it was primarily a sales role and that's when i started having contact with clients that's when i started being able to flex my creativity and grow my skill set and you know do what I wanted to do out of college which was be creative deal with large corporate clients 
and at the end of the day, you know, sales and just talk to people and develop relationships and get to be creative and create really cool things for different people. So every day, single day that I came into the job, it was not the same thing. It wasn't just data entry. It wasn't just grinding away. It putting was, a logo on a shirt. Exactly. It was being able to take a logo. And if we're putting it on a shirt, it's not just slapping big DK energy on like the left chest or the front. It's designing a whole shirt. So a lot of my clients don't have design skill sets. So they'll give me an image in their logo and they'll say, do whatever you want with it. And that's where I get to get creative with it and things like that. So that's how kind of my path is and how, how I got here where I am today. Well, uh, Devin, as it says on your business card, you're a jack of all trades. And uh, just by the description you gave me, I guess that's a real uh, backing up factor for that. So kudos and mazel tov to you and all of your success that you've had here. Of course, you know, I was like, I wanted to get some merch, but then immediately, because I've always seen your stories, that got me as a customer thinking, oh, wait a minute, Devin does printing work. And so that's why I reached out. And plus, you know, I'd much rather give someone that I know money rather than somebody else who could get it for a cheaper rate, because I believe in helping out my friends. Absolutely. And, and I tell my clients, like I'm not looking for a one-time quick order I mean I, I, I don't say no I, I'm always here and I want my foot in the door and I want to you know keep my customers happy but I want to develop a business professional relationship with you and I want to keep you happy and I want to give you the world and make your life easier at the end of the day so I'm here for a long-term business partnership and hopefully a friendship at the end of the day so you're here for both a good time and a long time precisely hey there you go <laughs> awesome so like i said i guess printing press wasn't the first thing but you know you did learn graphic design uh you learned photoshop and illustrator tell me which program do you prefer in terms of designing a logo and uh which one do you prefer in terms of like setting a whole mock-up up so i rarely use photoshop if at all the only time I use Photoshop is to really clip images out and for some rudimentary mock-ups of like hats and more realistic things. But 99% of my day, I'm an illustrator and solely an illustrator for mock-ups, for design work, logo creation. In our world, you need to know how to use Illustrator or CorelDRAW or some sort of vector program. CorelDRAW? CorelDRAW is a competitor of Illustrator. It's just another company out there. They've been around as long, if not longer than Adobe. And they're just another person in the market. And it's like Microsoft and Apple. Okay, so got it. It's just it's just another vector program, but for logo creation, you need to know Illustrator or some sort of vector program. And that's how I operate nine times out of 10. What's your favorite part about Illustrator? Or is Illustrator like a love-hate relationship? All of it's a love-hate relationship, I guess is the best way to put it. Where I lack in my skill set is sketching. And I know a lot of people use Procreate, Photoshop, and Illustrator with a tablet and things like that. And that's where I want to grow my skills. But like, I hate Illustrator because some of the simplest things are impossible. And it, it just, it's, it, they think it, like Adobe thinks, oh, this is how logistically and workflow efficiency should be. And then as a consumer, there's extra steps that aren't needed. So to kind of skirt that, like I've created shortcuts. So like in Corel, for example, when you want to align two things, they have keyboard shortcuts. Illustrator doesn't have that. So I had to make a macro. Wait, keyboard shortcuts, they do? Yeah. Holy crap, so, that's a game changer. So Illustrator doesn't have that. So you have to make a macro for it, which is just a keyboard shortcut, but it's an extra step. It's just little things like that. Tell me if I'm wrong, but like, it seems like in Photoshop, you know, if you want to like center something like in the, in the smack dab center, it both has that vertical and that horizontal line saying that it's in the middle. Right. I don't see that in Illustrator. No. So Illustrator just uses a dot. 
like a tiny dot where the center is and then you either have to use the align tool or you have to place it on the artboard with that dot and guesstimate essentially. Or like put the grid up and yeah. then that gets really distracting. So it's difficult. Um, like I said, there are workarounds. I just bought uh, a macro pad, which is just a fancy keyboard that has programmable shortcuts on it. So now it's different to me because I'm a creature of habit. And once I have a workflow, it's really hard for me to change that. But I'm trying to implement this macro pad into my everyday work life so I can make myself more efficient and make things easier. So the macro pad has the capability of having 40 shortcuts and I'm only using one out of the 40 shortcuts at the moment. But knowing you can program it to do things and make your your life easier is really important so it's you know but that's anything in life and with illustrator you just got to know how to master your own domain so yeah no program is going to be completely perfect but illustrator is the most supported out there they have updates every day and and i think from a design standpoint that's one of the best out there if not the the best yeah um all those professional standard stuff that's well you know they're also great resumeable skills but they're vital to this type of work and I'm sure it's allowed you to make really cool designs. I can only imagine the kind of stuff that you've designed here. I mean, besides hats, shirts, and uh, tumblers, as you see right here, what are some of the most unique pieces that you've designed for while here? So previous customers, I've worked with Food Network International. Oh, really? Um, Did you work with Guy Fieri? No, oh. not, none of the celebrity direct, but their marketing and advertising department. So we made bikes for them. We've made custom squeeze toys, like um, cast iron skillets with the logos embedded in it. So that was a really cool customer because... Did you flavor it or something like yes. that? <laughs> <laughs> but they were a really cool customer because, you know, being so, so large in the corporate world, they don't have a, a limited budget. They could spend what they want. So we really got to get really interesting with it. So we made USB drives in the shape of fruit and then we made a small shopping bag so the USB drives would go into the, it. Was, it was like, you know, <laughs> things like that. So very, very cool. Another project that I did, uh, I was working with Hard Rock, but Hard Rock New York. So oh, yeah. I was gonna say like right here? No, 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 Hard Rock New York, the hotel, and they were revamping their loyalty program. So we came up with kind of like an Amex Express box and we were revamping there. So they hired an ad PR team and then I, from the ad PR team got renderings and basically produced their loyalty cards, their boxes that they were mailing to all their people and stuff like that. And then we worked with another agency who we produced jackets for Ferruco. We did stuff for Carlos Vivas. They're, they're primarily Latin um, and Hispanic artists, but they would go to the concert. So we did limited run jackets and things like that. So it can be very out of the box and we can create whatever you want and or really, really, or in the box. I mean, we can create really, really cool items that you'd want, or we can just get as simple as if you open up that box, there's a pen with a logo on it and we can go as simple as you want or as crazy as you want. We'll unbox this in a little bit later part of the episode, which by the way, you know, kudos and mazel tov to getting those big clients. I mean, Food Network, how did they reach out to you? So I'm fourth generation in this industry. And before myself, my, my father owned this company, Idea at All. And then where we are now is called Embroico, which is my sister company. And that's the physical shop that you see here that he prints and embroiders and laser engraves and stuff like that. When he owned Idea at All and was a part of it, like focusing on it every day, he had a different clientele book and his clientele book involved one of the marketing girls at Discovery Channel worldwide. Oh. So he was dealing with Discovery Channel when she left and I inherited the company. She reached out, my dad connected me with her and we connected, but she was the head of marketing for Food Network Latin America. So it's just, it, it ends up being, you know, networking and kind of who you know situation, but the Hard Rock was just a connection. They Somebody referred me to them and that's how that happened. It's just referral based for me usually. It's funny how uh, some things can happen just by networking. I mean, we used to party back in college and now uh, we're on a podcast. Absolutely. You know, I, 
I never did cold calling, so to speak, or outreach for a long time. I was just kind of just getting referrals based on good faith and, and treating my customers right. And I've been doing a lot more social media outreach. I've, as you've seen, my social media growth has gone way up and I'm doing a lot more cold outreach on social media on LinkedIn, emails and things like that. And it's paying off. I'm reaching out to a lot of old alumni and a lot of old friends from UCF and high school. And I turned away from it for a long time because I didn't, I hated being cold called and, and things like that. But it's now at the end of the day, I'm just reconnecting, trying to start a conversation. And then with that conversation, you know, hopefully get more business. But it, it is, it's, it's Not a weird yeah, but it's it's a weird thing because like, you know, people, you hit them up if you haven't talked to them in a while, they know you're exactly why you're hitting them up, but that's what LinkedIn is for. And LinkedIn is a very powerful tool for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's more than just the professional Facebook. Like you said, there's business transactions being uh, done over that. It's not like virtual golf, but you know, kind of the same thing. For you sure. Know? It's, in a, it's a very chill environment where people are like, hey, I do this. No way. We need that. And exactly. then it's uh, supply and demand. So I actually want to jog back to when you were talking about cool apparel that you've done differently than just, you know, your regular shirt, t-shirt, tumbler kind of stuff. Yeah. You've done biking. What are those things called? Singlets? Cycling kits. Like So like in soccer, they call the uniforms kits. Oh, that's right. They do, yeah. Yeah, so we've done full-on uniforms for cycling. We've done sports apparel, so reversible items for basketball, lacrosse. Like It's not limited. But yeah, the apparel scene, you can get really creative with. We have some new stuff that I'll show you later that it's called embossing. So the print in the sweatshirt or the t-shirt is raised up. Oh, is that what gives it that bumpy effect? Exactly. So like we have hats rather than just be DK energy on the front, you can do a whole pattern and things like that. You know, you can, again, I tell my customers when they ask how creative can we get, how much time you got and how much money you got. We can give you the world. It just depends on what you're willing to spend and how much time you have. Well, one, that's awesome. And, you know, folks, make sure you, you remember that. One reason why I brought up the cycling kits, though, is because you're an avid cycler yourself, aren't you? Yeah. This year will be 20 years that I've been riding. And how old are you? I turned 30 on Thursday. 30? Yeah. Dang. Well, you dropped the skincare routine, man. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm going on 45, though. <laughs> 20 years of cycling when you first got into this company because of your activeness in the cycling community did that ever like strike you that the kids could actually be like an avenue that you could take yeah i mean miami has a very large cycling and triathlon scene so naturally being in the, the scene so to speak like you do start talking about what you do who you are you connect with a lot of wealthy people it's like golf it's not a cheap sport so you make those connections and people naturally ask what you do and you can create kits for their groups or you can get in with their corporate entities or their businesses and things like that but like to flex my creativity and to kind of scratch that itch of creating my own clothing line without having a clothing line i come out with a, a custom cycling kit for me and my friends and my family once or twice a year so um, I have a separate Instagram page. It's very small. I don't advertise it. I don't push for it. But the whole Robin's family kit? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's, I just create something and if anybody wants it, they can get it. If not, it's for me and my dad and my mom and whoever else wants it and, and we ride it. It's, it's awesome. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Some odd reason I'm thinking, uh, you know, how people have those like family reunion shirts. Yeah, it's not like that at okay. all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just thought that would be like a cool different twist. It's like everybody gets Moomoo dresses one year. No, next year, something <laughs> like absolutely that. not. <laughs> Probably could do a Moomoo dress if you wanted to. I could. I do, would you like a Moomoo dress? I mean. We could do the, the blue to yellow fade that you have. Ooh, that's, a, that's kind of an idea. With your tigers on it. Okay. As long as there's a lot of flowers and I have a cool hat to go with it. We can make you a custom bucket. 
Kit Kat to match. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, it's funny because one of the highest wanted pieces of merch is that uh, washed out bucket that you sent me as like a random gift. And I was For like, sure. I showed it to a friend and someone's like, I would much rather have that than the regular one. And so I was just like, I think Devin accidentally was onto something. <laughs> no, I, I saw it and I was like, this could be really cool. I wanted to give you something special. And I saw, I you know tie dye at the time was very trendy in our industry, in the world. And I was like, let's give DK a present so he can differ from everyone else who's going to have a black bucket cap. So that's, that's why I did that. You're a mensch. I hope you know that. I appreciate that. Of course. So what's your favorite part of the printing process? Am I even using the right term printing process? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good way to put it. Um, I guess seeing whether it's your creation or someone else's going from a concept on paper or nowadays digital to physical. So for example, take my t-shirt where I don't know if you can see the back or not, but it's the same design that's on this tumbler. So I went through a rebranding process with my best friend and he has his own agency and I basically commissioned him to come up with the rebranding for Idea at All. So I said in the process, I need help designing our merch. I just didn't have the time or energy to deal with it. So he did this all and to see his designs come to reality and wear that merchandise is, is like, it's again, like the cycling kids, seeing your design and wearing that is, is totally two different things because people can design stuff and they don't know if it's executable or not. That goes back to being from the beginning, working in a printing production office and knowing what's possible and what's not. Because I remember one thing you told me when I, I think it was either the hats or the shirts that like there was that cool gradient from yellow to blue. But however, it would be more cheaper if I just went with one color, which is why I did that. Right. I mean, that makes more sense. To think give you a quick it. crash course, as you see here, these machines, they have a lot of arms. Each arm holds a screen and each screen is essentially a color stencil. So when we're printing a shirt, we have to make a color stencil, which is a, a film negative. So each screen costs money each color costs money. So the reason it's less expensive is because one stencil, one screen, it's one color, we can print it quick and be done. The more colors like your shirt there, that's probably, you know, nine, 10, 11 colors, whatever. So we have to make a stencil for each thing and then print that. And then with that, they layer colors on top of each other to create gradients or half tones and, and create other colors out of those colors. But that's where it can get time consuming and expensive. And that's why you have minimum order quantities and things like that, because it'll take two hours to set up a press sometimes for a job like that that's eight nine colors and to run 10 shirts for that they'll be done in five minutes you know what i mean so two hours of labor setting up a job for five minutes of work is not cost effective for the consumer and it's not cost effective for the production facility so one that was a great bit of information and two not to be buddy the elf but what, what's your favorite color <laughs> um black growing up has always been red and it's shifted from like a nice bright red to now more of like burgundy maroon. A mix of like a burgundy maroon but or just like a blood red is a good way to put it so it's like so not like crimson yeah i don't like that word but wait alabama the, oh okay fair <laughs> but no but like it's just a deep blood red i guess is the best way to put it and then if not like black black goes with everything black goes with everything as so. well as white so yeah those are two very good defaults to for go back sure to. Yeah, Devin, it's funny. It's not the little shop of horrors. It's the little shop of home, I guess, because like you said, this has been in your family for such a long time. Yeah, I mean, there's been changes. The company's changed since then um, from my great grandfather to my grandfather. The name has changed. The location has changed. But I still call my grandfather and ask him for advice and questions on where to buy things and, and things like that. So like it is a full run family business. Like my brother has helped out. My mom does the bookkeeping and accounting. So like it is truly thick and thick. 
100% a family-run business. I honestly love family businesses because I'm sure you pull at each other's hair or whatnot or drive each other nuts sometimes. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's like you can all come together and just For be sure. proud of something. Yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, it can get to, like, that American chopper, like, screaming and yelling. Not, <laughs> not to the physical point, but it's cool. So, like, I now work with my fiancé's company as well. So I get to work every day with my family. And then I get to connect with my fiancé's With your in-laws. I guess. Well, yeah. about to be in-laws. I'm sorry. Well, no. I, I, when I say her company, I mean, like, you know, she's a chef. Oh, yeah, so, like, I get bad. to No, 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 you're good. But, like, I get to do, like, their uniforms and, like, work with her, with her projects. But going to her in-laws, her dad has a dojo. So, like, I'm helping him out. What does he teach? Karate. Oh, shit. In Panama. But, like... Well, it's a good thing you're not on his bad side. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I, I get to... <laughs> I get to connect with them and work with them on a professional level too, which, you know, it's, it's a little daunting to a lot of people because you know, family and business is very hard to mix, but it can also, if it works together, it can be beautiful. It can work really well. It, it's, it's a very interesting but hard balance sometimes. I bet. I guess for some families, it's a weeding out process. Oh, and speaking of weed, you have some <laughs> products for us to look at on the show. Yeah, so there's a local restaurant group and they're Kush Hospitality. So they wanted some bucket caps. We made a bucket cap with a weed leaf and we have a little stash pocket on the back. And we actually did for them as well, a matching trucker hat. So the trucker hat, if you open it up on the inside, has their own custom stash pocket hidden in here. I don't know if you can hold much in it, but it's there <laughs> for the novelty, at least, of it. I feel like this would be a good, like, EDC or, like, Coachella must-have. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the thought process behind it. You know, a friend of mine had a hat with that. I was like, that's genius. I want to take that. And imitation is, you know, the most honest and sincere form of flattery, I guess. So, like, to me, when I see a great idea, how can I take that and make it my own, but better? Yeah, without directly copying it. Exactly. Oh, and also some of the other stuff. So here's another custom hat that we're making as a consumer can dictate everything you want on it. So the whole outside's printed however the customer wanted it. The inside has their branding and we have what's called 3D puff embroidery on the front. So customer saw this and said, I want this hat. It was based off a Nike hat and we didn't want to match Nike obviously and rip them off, but we, we took an idea and found a pattern that my customer wanted and, and made it for them. So they got the look and feel of that Nike hat that they wanted, but made it their own. So like, do they get like a random stock photo, use that as the backdrop for everything? Or like, how does one go about designing a hat like that? So going back to my experience, unless my cons my customer, like, like if you had the design skills, I'd say, if you want to deal with it, do it. But if not, usually what I tell my people is go online, pick out your five favorite hats. Send me what hat you want, send me a color palette, send me your logo, and give me three things that are must-haves. Once I get that information, then I will go back from there, put together a mock-up, and we'll go back and forth on it. But basically, I'll do all the legwork for you. I'm, I make your lives easy by being a one-stop shop and doing everything for you. So. I'll use Illustrator and Photoshop on something like this. So I'll find a white hat, I'll find a pattern, and then I'll superimpose the decoration onto the hat using, like I said, a combination of Photoshop and Illustrator. Well, excellent. Well, it's a sick hat, I must say. Well, actually, so like I said, it was a Nike hat, but they saw we did the same hat for a, a local vodka company. So the original one is a vodka company that then the school saw, they wanted to use it. And now we're doing a, a restaurant saw this hat concept <laughs> as well. So this hat concept itself has shown and worked for customers they want to take the concept and make it their own so some odd reason i can only imagine like the principal of that school getting really drunk and be like that's a really cool hat <laughs> maybe that's what happened who knows when you're dealing with all those kids i don't blame him yeah exactly but here actually speaking of food network from our previous conversation here's the cast iron pan that we made i don't know if you can see that but if you zoom in the food network logo is actually in the physical cast iron pan if you were to bake a pancake or something like that it would 
have the logo on the bottom of it. Since, since it is legit, I wonder what you can actually, um, maybe like a really small portion of fajitas or something I like that. I an egg in there. Really? Yeah, one, it makes a perfect, perfect circular egg, if you think about it. Oh. And then here is the paper bag I told you about with the fruit-shaped USBs. So here's a banana. Wow. Here is the orange slice. Mm. And we, we did an avocado as well. Like I said, you guys want to get creative. We can get as creative as you want. Those are tennis racket sound dampeners, but we can we can make anything you want and get as creative sound as you want. Sound dampeners? I literally never heard those things. Yeah, the little things at the bottom of the rackets. That's what that is? I have no idea. I think it's a sound dampener. Maybe it's a vibration reducer. I don't know, man. Well, I didn't know those things existed, so literally you ID it all. ID it all. I make stuff for customers where they send me concepts and I'm like, I don't ask questions. I don't know what this does. I don't know why they're doing it. I think it's ugly sometimes, but that's what they want. I give it to them. I Again, people have, you know, they, they know what they want. Why am I gonna ask, why do you want that? Unless it doesn't work from a production standpoint and I'll give a professional recommendation, I'll never tell you no, why would you want that? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I want a thousand shirts in one day. We did that. Oh shit, never mind. We uh, had a, an agency contact us and they work with like artists for concerts and stuff. So they called us up at Friday at four o'clock, said the concert starts tomorrow at Saturday and I called my vendors, I put everything together, and we printed, if memory serves, a thousand t-shirts and a thousand hoodies in two days and delivered it next day for the concert. And then nice. we have another customer we print for it to school. We had a thousand shirts come here on Friday. I started printing on Monday and it had a four or five color left chest and like a nine color, full color, photorealistic design on the back. And it was shipping on Tuesday. So push comes to shove, we can put stuff out, we can get shit done very quickly. I mean, like a lot of people in the industry need two to three weeks, they like to drag their feet. My dad turned me into a yes man and it's kind of say yes to the customer and then figure it out on the back end yourself and that's exactly what we do, but none of that scares me. You're just an Iron Man, I will say. <laughs> Maybe back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an Iron Man if you could just take all that brunt and uh, you know still produce without any kind of flaw or ebb so good for you on that thank you so i guess one question that i've been meaning to ask let's just say someone looks at this um podcast and is like wow i really want to go into this world of print making of mm -hmm. apparel making besides learning graphic design skills such as adobe photoshop and illustrator what are some other like hard skills that are necessary for this kind of work well it depends if you're going to come into the production environment you got to learn how to print or operate a press it's kind of like an apprenticeship you got to start at the bottom you got to count merchant, you gotta count and fold in the hot iron, hot dryer and things like that. And you gotta be physically here. If you wanna go into my side of the business, dealing with customers and consumers and designing and things like that, you gotta learn how to sell. That's a big one. And sell, sales, the word sales scares a lot of people. Me too. Yeah, so <laughs> it's hard because like, you know, sales to me is just a conversation. It's just natural. I'm not, it's not that used car salesman tactic where I'm trying to pin you for a million dollars and things like that. It's just having a conversation with my client figuring out what they want and figuring out what would be best for them and giving them the best product at the end of the day. So people hear the word sales, they get scared and they don't want to deal with it. So one of them is sales, that's really important. The other is organization and communication. A lot of the reason people come to me is because I answer my phone. People in our industry sometimes are not organized and forget, or they don't answer the phone, they don't answer an email, and you just have to be able to be self-motivated enough to stay on top of it, stay organized, keep in communication with your customers and naturally they'll come to you. So I, I think like if you're an organized person like that and you wanted to do something like this and you have that skill set, you can thrive. Anyone can thrive in this industry. It's just a matter of do they have the motivation to do it. 
how much they wanted. Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, you want it pretty bad because everything is still up and running, you know, for multiple generations. Yeah. So, I guess going balls to the wall runs in the Robbins family. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Nothing wrong with that. You keep the wheels turning just like you do on a bike. Precisely. Speaking of that, you keep the wheels turning to make great apparel, and so I'm thinking that we should do this unboxing right Let's here. Let's do it. All right, excellent. You want to start with the, the branded box? All right. Sorry, I feel like such an influencer. Ooh, take a look at my <laughs> unboxing. <laughs> but hopefully I'm not as annoying. So we first got... Here, I'll hold your mic for you. Awesome. So first, first we got a shirt right here. It's lovely and a, and a very powerful back uh, logo on the back. We have this multi-cord... It's a three-in-one charging cable. That's what I meant, yeah. Here, you explain. I got some pens. Pens are always good. Indeed, especially when I need to like sign for something yeah. important. Phone stand for your desk or wherever else you'd want that. Notepads, everybody needs to take down notes and you got the pens to match. Oh, that's- Two yeah. notepads. Two notepads. Got a koozie and my business card in case you need to call me. Even this is really nice. If you look behind the pocket on the koozie, there's a little cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can see it, but- I'll have to like find some way to like zoom in. So then we also have- We got a bottle opener. Very important for tailgates. We do not promote underage drinking on this channel. No, none. Never. Keychain. Always got to find your keys. Phone grip. Actually, I just got a new phone, so I'm going to need this. Perfect. So. And then a this, tote is, bag. this is one of my favorites, actually. Yeah. Actually, I remember showing this to my parents and my dad going, wow, that is actually very, very creative. Yeah, it, it collapses on itself, and then you get a full-size tote bag. Then you fold it in like this, and voila, you have your own bag. And it's, I don't know how to re-collapse it. Well, nah, just stuff it back in there. Okay, excellent. <laughs> These are all very useful items. When I was working on my giveaway box, uh, I wanted to give the people who received these items that they would use, not items that they would take, put on a shelf and, and never use again. So I was like, as a consumer or as a person who hates the cheap giveaway items in my industry, what would I want to receive in a box and what would I actually use and be okay with having a logo of somebody other's company on it and want to use? So I had to think about it and it's a hard thing because number one, you're spending money hoping you're going to get an order back or something like that. But at the end of the day, you're, you're literally giving away money, which you got to be okay with, but you got to be giving away product that people want to use and are going to keep and not throw away or put on a shelf and stuff like that. So. Oh, actually one of the items that came in the previous box that was a tumbler. I actually still use that. Well, because... you got another one now. Oh, that's right. It's matching to mine. Um, oh, shit. So right now the, the Stanley 40 ounce handle mug is very trendy. So we decided to match if we can and got another tumbler with it. And I mean, a tumbler you can't go wrong with. You can put coffee, you can put water, you can put uh, stuff at tailgate. <laughs> See, I've always been scared to put anything hot in here. Cause I-, mm -hmm. I Hot and cold, 24 hours. Okay, well in that case, I'll make sure to keep in mind of that. For some odd reason, I feel like uh, with some cups, you can't put hot liquids in it. So therefore like the plastic on the inside will melt. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is really nice yeah. cup. You know, these are stainless steel in and out. So there's no plastic other than the lid and, and the lids are rated for hot liquids. So you'll be just fine. Patrick, the lid. The lid. The lid. The lid. The lid. <laughs> Freeze! Stop. Closer, colder, warmer, warmer, hotter! Oh my fire. god, it's on fire! Okay, okay, stop. <laughs> love a good SpongeBob reference. 
<laughs> it's funny you bring up SpongeBob because uh, I remember going. I remember in middle school, like on the days that we were allowed to, you know, dress casually without any kind of uniform. I remember there was this one kid. He had like SpongeBob wearing grills and had like the tied up uh, bandana, like in the Tupac style. Okay. And I, and I thought, I wonder who pr- who designed and printed that. I don't know, but those are always good. The SpongeBob meme or the remixes. Oh, the memes are some of the best. Do you ever use any SpongeBob memes to market? To be honest. I hate social media. I hate it. I don't blame you. I don't run my social media page. The guy who who did our rebrand, his name is Dylan Hearns. He owns a small agency called Cormorant Marketing. He runs my social media for me. So I leave it up to him. Tell him to get on it. I will. I'll tell him. But I, I leave it up to him to find out what the youths... Are, are into because I'm an old and I don't get it. So we have a TikTok for the youth's energy. We have an Instagram for everyone else. And then we use LinkedIn a lot for the more professional manner and things like that. But he seems to keep up with the youths, I, I guess. I don't know. But the memes are, are where it's at right now. And some odd reason the young the youngs still kind of get the SpongeBob memes from our era. It's just like, it's like you weren't, you weren't even, even a, born yet. You weren't even a thought in your parents' mind. Yeah, exactly. Whenever you pump out some apparel, does your grandpa look at it and go, who asked for this? Uh, me and my dad do that. We don't understand <laughs> half the stuff we print. It's weird, man. Like Kush Hospitality? Nah, I mean, I kind of get that. But like, there's some weird stuff that, that people ask us to do. And again, I, I stopped asking questions. They wish it just made no sense to me. And I was like, better to not ask. Yeah, I mean, listen, as long as they're paying. If you want it branded, I'll brand it. Do you also do thermoses as well? Everything. So we've done like the old traditional plastic style, like the Turvis tumbler, I guess. We've done Bubba Keg, like we had in college. We can get- I forgot about the Bubba Kegs yeah, for a second. Man. But the current trend are these large and in charge, big tumblers, the big ones that you go to the gym with. We can do plastic, we can do metal. People like this one for whatever reason, the handle's nice to hold on to, but I can get you a cup with your name on it if you want, just a plastic cup, yeah. Makes sense, although I will say, though for gripping purposes, I will say that is good, especially if it's raining. Exactly. So you literally ID it all. So someone were to like, put a really cool design on my guitar. We've done that and like somebody brought me a, a katana so we like laser engraved oh, their katana and stuff like that so like there's cool items and like if it's a personal project and things like that i just tell my customers listen depending on the situation i'll do it but we're not at risk if we damage the item unfortunately it is what it is and you have to live with it and you know people either roll the dice and are willing to take that risk or they're not so a whole freaking samurai sword yes is that the craziest thing that you've seen mm, that one was close we've gotten a request i've never done it but we got a request for some sex toys interesting see either the person will is does not give a fuck whatsoever and will is like you know what screw it, let's send it out or someone must have been like i can't believe i'm actually sending this like, it's ugh. i don't even know why would you want a logo on a sex toy like that's the other thing like yeah unless it's unless it's being shown up on like a site you know how could you get the advertising out there it's like they're starting a brand you know the uniforms in professional sports and eventually they're gonna brand the balls or the items why not brand the sex toys that the, <laughs> the industry's using didn't even know you could get that branded anything i mean it's people are weird man people want stuff and just imagine like tabling events they just see like a geico that you know so you know the the current thing in our industry that's shifting and still kind of taboo because it's taboo in the united states and the world is cannabis so there's a lot of branding opportunities for rolling trays, rolling papers, and things like that. And now it's become a little more normalized in the industry. And like, I was going to say Kush Hospitality. Exactly. But like the trend, like it was very hard to find 
things like that. And now it's becoming more normalized. But when it first started, it was towing that line of, is this legal or not? And do you want to be associated with that? And now it's, oh, you can find rolling papers. Oh, you can find lighters. Oh, you can find rolling trays and grinders and things like that. But like that was stash bag even like, that was a very, do we want to touch this? Do we not? But that's just the state of the world right now. You know, cannabis is now becoming legalized for recreational use all over the place. So why not capitalize on it? Like that is one of the fastest growing markets in our side of the industry is to capitalize on that. Capitalize on cannabis. Huh. It kind of sounds like Colorado and yeah. uh, Washington State. California. Yeah, definitely. But um, Devin, just being here in the studio, in the dojo, in your dojo, hearing about the processes that go into every piece of apparel that comes through here, you know, the concept designs. Thank you so much for sharing about that. And we found out some bits about you, but we're going to find out more about you in the upcoming question round. Awesome. Devin, it's always great catching up with you. You too, man. Awesome. And even though I know a lot about you, my audience doesn't, but we're about to find out more in my favorite part of any big DK Energy episode, which is the bonus question round. 10 questions that you do not know about, however, are still appropriate that you'll still have clients afterwards. So that being said, are you ready, Mr. Robbins? Yes, sir. Awesome. So let's pull these up. Question number one, your bike got struck with radioactive lightning and grants you a biker specific superpower. What is it? So it's weird because there's like three classifications of a cyclist. And I guess I would consider myself a sprinter, which is explosive energy, high power output in short term, like short lengths. So I would want to capitalize on that more. Actually, no, I take that back because I'm already a sprinter. I would want to capitalize on my long-term endurance for solo skills and become a more well-rounded, I guess, jack of all trades on the bike oh okay got it so like as soon as you sit on the bike you get like all a boost of energy or stamina to go that long distance precisely oh okay got it it's like roids but without the cheating <laughs> there you go question number two your dream brand has asked you to to collab with them for a clothing series who is the brand and describe the look of the series i think it would have to be blink 182 <laughs> nice. I, I would let them tell me what they want you know their their look their feel their branding is on point already and i don't want to mess with them like they they know exactly what they want i just want to produce for them okay hey that's fair they were quite the band back in the day them and green day were kind of like yeah. similar but like you know kind of butting heads they just titled coachella both weekends i mean they're they're coming back full force and i am all here for it hell yeah those lils and youngs they can't they can't <laughs> the keep youth. up with the blink the youths <laughs> <laughs> the youths. Question number three. Dream vacation and itinerary. It's funny because I'm kind of planning my honeymoon right now. So Mazel tov. Oh, that's you. right. He's engaged. We're talking about Europe. I think I think it would just be going to Europe. Which countries would you see um, in Europe? We want to just land there, get a Euro pass, and just go. So I, we would like to ideally see as many as possible, but Germany's on the list. Spain, the Netherlands... Italy, Greece, just go all over. But um, Israel is on that list. Uh, I haven't been able to go, but that is on the top of my list. I'd like to go see it. And you're a member of the tribe. So I am. You're a member of the tribe, so you might as well at some point in your life. Question number four. Give me a far-fetched bucket list item. I think it have to do with something with cooking. Cooking is another passion of mine. And I think it would be like cooking in one of the, like a Michelin star restaurant. Not necessarily under the pressure of being on the team or something like that, but like being able to rent out that space and cook and into meal for friends and family in that kitchen in that environment among like a michelin star team that's a very unique goal you got there tell me what kind of cuisine would you be serving up cook with my heart whatever i'm feeling that day i'm not sure that's a fair statement and plus you can kind of do a fusion of a bunch of things exactly. if you wanted to question number five you're creating a music festival for charity who is the charity and name six of the performers probably children's miracle network obviously just being with zbt the fraternity we i want to hit close to home so I think that one would be on one of the top of my list if I had to 
choose. Artists going would be Rufus to Soul, Kings of Leon, Fantagram, Mansionaire, Doja Cat, and I think I gotta throw it back to my emo days and say like Hawthorne Heights okay. or, or Census Fail or one of them. All right, dang, back to the old uh, War Tour days. <laughs> exactly. Question number six. What's one thing your younger self would be proud of you today for? I think, you know, seeing me work with my family business and, and kind of growing it into what it is today. But at the same time, having my passions of cycling and being able, like never giving up on my cooking passion, like that was a big one for me. And even though I didn't get to go into a professional sense on it, I cook every night for me and my fiance. We, we get to experience a lot of good culinary things, whether it's cooking at home together or going out to new restaurants. And what's the most recent cuisine that you've been cooking up? A lot of Korean food. There we go. (laughs) It's just expanding the Korean, excuse me, the culinary um, passion that I got. Well, that's awesome, man, because I can't cook for crap without potentially burning the house down. So good for you. You burn cereal? Mm, No, I haven't yet. Yet. (laughs) Question number seven. You're getting dinner with three influences of yours that are not friends or family. Who are they and what's one piece of wisdom you learned from each one? I think I'd have to say like Mark Cuban is going to be one of them from the business standpoint, learning about growth and things like that. I'd have to say Anthony Bourdain for the cooking aspect and let's say Robert Downey Jr. That'd be a very fun group and some odd reason I feel like I feel like that's a chill, chill enough crowd where you could drink with them and they'll get belligerent yet you'll still have fun and learn from yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. And Anthony Bourdain could definitely teach you a thing or two about cooking or culinary stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Question number eight. Assuming that there's no budget, describe your last meal, your perfect last meal. And literally you can have anything you want and as much as you want. So again, I cook with my heart and I have the too much gene. I cook too much. (laughs) I I order too much. But I typically, when I go somewhere, see on a a menu with 20 items, 15 things I want. So and it's hard because I want to order all of them. But I think I'd try to have a cuisine, like a major cuisine that I like from every section. So like Mexican food is obviously a huge one. I love a good smash burger. Gotta have um, cream corn dogs on there. Hey, let's go. Ceviche. It's all over the place. I just, I, I want to have basically a smorgasbord of, of everything. And, and I have a big sweet tooth. What flavor of ice cream do you have there? Fish food from Eddie, uh, from, from Ben and Jerry's. Um, ben and Jerry's. Oh, that's right. And you're part Mexican, right? I am. I'm half Mexican. And uh, the other side is a member of the tribe, just like me. Yeah. I'm a mutt. Yeah, same here. Next year, but yeah, I'm Jew-ish. There we go, Jew-ish. But I know you said Mexican cuisine, but what's one item for Mexican cuisine that you would have? It'd have to be like traditional street tacos. And I'm talking on the side of the street. No Taco Bell crap. No, I mean, Taco Bell is Taco Bell, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking sit down fancy, like get three or four fancy tacos on a plate with microgreens. I'm talking, you're in the middle of the street sweating. The guy's cooking in front of you and you're standing in front of the, the flat topper, the, the, basically the trumpo is like a shawarma Got and, it. and eating that. That sounds amazing, I will say. And I'm hungry as hell as a result. So screw you for that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Question number nine. What's your ultimate goal for idea at all? I want to continue to expand in South Florida, continue to expand the business. But at the same time, I don't want to make it so big that it becomes kind of uncontrollable and unmanageable. Right now, it's it's I'm able to have a work-life balance. I'm able to have nights and weekends and time with my friends, times with my family. So yeah, sorry to bring you back here on, on, on a weekend. <laughs> it's fine. But it's just, I, I'd like to expand. I'd like to continue to grow it and, and maintain that. 
but at the same time not make it unmanageable. Or have it lose its identity. Yeah, because the thing is when something can get too big and you start hiring outside help, it loses that personal touch. And then one of the main complaints I get from a client who is I had someone who was so great and they got too big is that they just become an account number and then they lose that personal touch. They lose the ability to call and reach that person and have a conversation and things like that. Yeah, and that's something that you're fantastic at. You know, I mean, obviously, if this thing's still running, whatever you're doing, you're doing fantastically. Thank you. Awesome. And Devin, we're having such a great time that we are unfortunately at the last question. And uh, it's a question that I ask everybody, but the answers always vary. And so that is, what is your best, most recent accomplishment? And if you can't think of one, you can do one personal and one professional. On a professional standpoint, growing the business into what it is today, I don't want to throw numbers, but my, my sales have surpassed and my father's sales numbers and my grandfather's sales numbers. And then being able to, thank you, maintain and help grow my dad's side of the company and just basically overall business trajectory growing, maintaining that personal touch, but both of us growing and, and our families thriving because of it. And then on a personal standpoint is meeting my other half, my better half, and and being able to have my life with her. When you find your person, you find your person, and I got very lucky, and I knew immediately. So it's just the overall growth of life is, has been very good these past couple of years, and, and especially after a rough couple of years with COVID and everything else going on. So that's it to me. Well, mazel tov to you for all of that. And I still think that it's awesome that you're dating someone else named Devin, too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not as weird as you think. Yeah, you were telling me that when someone calls for you or your fiance's name, it's not as confusing as it is? It's not. No, it's you naturally know when someone's talking to you. Now, I like to be annoying and answer for her <laughs> when it's not intended for me, but that's that's just me being me. Well, one thing that I know about you, Devin, is that you're an awesome person. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your weekend to come back to the studio in order to be on the show. It's my my pleasure, DK. It's always good to see you, and I'm glad we got to do this finally. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad that we finally got to do this too, especially on site, because I really feel the industriousness yeah. of it. It's a different environment, and not a lot of people get to see this and and experience, you know, what it actually entails and what it actually is. Like you've seen photos and stuff, but being here in the shop, you you can see the mass size and complexity of these. The, the way it operates. Absolutely, yeah, it is a huge operation and you'll continue to do well into the future, or at least that's what I wish for you, sir. Thank you. So, Devin, for joining the show and telling my audience about the printing process and more about graphic design, that's why I think you, Devin Robbins, have big DK energy. Thank you, DK. Awesome. So, folks, we're going to put all of ID at all and Devin's personal uh, links in the description box below. And before we head out, is there anything you want to say or promote? You know, call me, email me, or check out our social media anytime you guys need anything. And if you have any social media questions and, and want someone to run your social media, I can definitely introduce you to Dylan, who's running my social media account. But feel free to reach out if you have questions in regards to a custom order or just questions about the industry in general. It doesn't have to be, you know, that you're gonna buy something. I'm, I'm here to talk. Awesome. Well, with that all being said and done, I'm Danny K of the Big DK Energy Podcast, and we're signing off.